chapter 1, the Acts of the Apostles, or the book of Acts chapter 1. At the be- while you're turning there, at the beginning of this year, uh, many of you recall the Lord directed many of us to commit the first three full weeks of this new year to some kind of fasting and prayer. And many of you did that. Many of you put aside something for those weeks and said, I'm going to give more attention and more time to fasting and to prayer. And, uh, and God honored that. Something that I have noticed about fasting and prayer, whenever God calls you to that, when you go into that time, there are some things that the Lord has already put on your heart to pray for during that time. But there are also some things I find either during that time or following that time that you look back and you'll go, God, I didn't know it then, but I know it now. You were getting me ready for this during that time of fasting and prayer. And that seems like a long time ago, five, six months ago now as we, as we did that. But, but I really believe that the Lord in that time was preparing many of you for uh, what we've been experiencing in recent weeks. And again, I thank God for that. Well, this morning, Acts chapter 1, the first part of it are those few, those few weeks between Jesus' death and resurrection and his physical departure into heaven. We call that his ascension. It, it, it records here in the early part of this chapter those about 40 days between Jesus' resurrection and when he physically was lifted up into heaven. And just before his ascension, Jesus said to his disciples, verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Again, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, but it wasn't just for his disciples, it was also for us. He was speaking to them and to us. Jesus said that we would be his witnesses to everyone, everywhere. That we, that his followers would have this holy responsibility to tell people about him to tell all people, it's not qualified just to a certain, it, it's to everyone, to all people in all places about him. Everyone and everywhere. I want you to see how simple and direct this, this command was of Jesus. He says, this is what's going to happen. He's, he's foretelling, he's prophesying about the arrival of his Holy Spirit who was going to come upon people that had happened, some in the Old Testament, but now it was going to come upon all flesh, upon all people who received this gift, and as they received it, they would be empowered to be his witnesses to everyone and everywhere. This is a simple directive. Tell people about me, Jesus said. Be my witnesses. Tell them about my life. Tell them about my power. Tell them about the fact that I am the Savior. Tell them about my death and my resurrection. Tell everyone, everywhere, about me. That was their message. That was Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 2, about 10 days had passed. And the Holy Spirit came in power in the early part of chapter 2 there. 
the day of Pentecost, when the, the power of God came in in a way that had never happened before. Peter, following that outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Peter then preached to a massive crowd of thousands. And among other things, in verse 38, Peter declared this. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For, now listen to this, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. So here in Acts chapter 2, Peter was doing what Jesus told him to do back in Acts chapter 1. Telling people about Jesus, calling them to repent. Repent means to acknowledge and turn away from your sins and to call upon his name and then be baptized. A, 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 an outward demonstration of an inward transformation. Jesus, Peter was doing what Jesus told him to do, calling people to repent and calling them to himself. And again, I want you to notice how in this verse, how it's to everyone and it's to everywhere. It's to every generation. It's to all people at all times. That was Acts chapter 2. Now in Acts chapter 3, it says two of the disciples, Peter and John, were going to the temple to pray. They're in Jerusalem. They're going to the temple to pray. They encountered a crippled man who was begging for money. And in verse 6, Peter said this to this man, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Now, there's much more to that story. You can read it later. But immediately, this man stood to his feet, and the Bible says he began walking and leaping and praising God. Wouldn't that be something to see? This man who had, who had no ability to walk suddenly is now not simply walking, but he's leaping. That's the physical part, but there's this, this inner part as well, and he's praising God. He's lifting up the, 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 the praises of his heart to Almighty God. Now, the miracle, if you were to see that, you would say that miracle was great, but listen, the message was greater. Because this man, he was expecting money. He was asking for money. But the man received what this world could never provide because the disciples held to the message. The, the, again, Peter said, I don't have what you're asking me for. I don't have silver and I don't have gold. But what I do have, remember Jesus had given him this authority. He said, what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he gave him the message of Jesus Christ. He held to the message he held to the message. He, he didn't give him what this world could offer. He gave him something this world could never offer. In Acts chapter 4, the, the next chapter, the, these same two disciples were arrested. 
arrested for speaking the name of Jesus. And by the way, if you're going to be arrested, may it be for telling people about Jesus. The next day, the next day as they answered for their so-called crimes before some religious leaders, Peter again, once again, now this is the third time, Peter once again did what Jesus told him to do. He declared the message of Jesus. He didn't defend himself. He didn't, he didn't cover himself. He didn't make explanation. In verse 12, Peter said this of Jesus. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name. We sang it this morning. He said, there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. They held to the message. They held to the message. Throughout this book, throughout the Bible, throughout the Bible, whether it was before a massive crowd or a small gathering or even just one person, they held to the message. They held to the message that there is, there is hope and there is healing and there is justice and there is deliverance and there is salvation in Jesus alone. I could go on throughout the book of Acts, which is the history book of the early church. I could go through every chapter and point to you how those people held to the message. Now, some people would receive the message. You'll see that recorded there. Many people rejected, but the message was always the same. The message was always Jesus. You can look for it later yourself, but time after time after time, when someone asked them about something or their thoughts about something or when they suggested something, they kept bringing it back to the person of Jesus Christ. History records beyond the book of Acts. History records how the message of Jesus Christ continued to go forward. How later in that first century, Christians were were despised and they were killed by the thousands because they held to the message. Some of you have been in Rome and you've seen the, the Colosseum, an amazing piece of ancient architecture. I, I, I'm going to see it someday, I, I hope. But it was in that place that people who called and held, called on the name of Jesus and held to the message of Jesus were put to their death. By the second century, the Christian writer, a man named Tertullian, wrote that Christians were so hated by the people of the Roman Empire that even uttering the word Christian or stating the name of Jesus Christ, the name in the title, Jesus Christ, was often forbidden upon penalty of arrest, even penalty of death. But only God knows the complete history of the people who century after century held to the message and the world was changed one person at a time. In this, in this first regathering, in this very first regathering, thank you again so much for being here today, either joining us here in the building or online. But in this first regathering, after our nation has, has practically convulsed from the physical and the financial 
and the social effects of a pandemic. In this, in this first time together, when I began preparing this message weeks ago, I, I didn't know what was going to happen in the last two weeks, but in this first time together, following the, the agony of injustices done to people and done to communities and done in so many places and the aftermath of those things, in the midst of all of this, I want to again remind you that we are called to carry this message of Jesus Christ to every person we can, in every place we can, by whatever means we can in the time that we have. To everyone and to everywhere. This is our message. I have, I have in, a, in abundance been reminded in these last number of weeks and months how we all have opinions. Anyone who has an opinion here today of something, would you raise your hand? Let me see if you have an opinion on something. We all have opinions, right? And, 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 and we express them. Oh, we've been quick to express them. I have, I have met perfect strangers, well, they weren't perfect, but I've met absolute strangers who, who just waited in line for some, something six feet apart and waited in line for something and they, they mentioned something and they shared their opinions. Sometimes I shared them with my opinions with them. And, and, and you go someplace. My wife and I just arrived back from from Seattle a few days ago. We were visiting our oldest son and his family. And wherever we went, people were sharing their opinions. Well, I think that the president should do this or the governor should do that or, or the mayor should do this. Well, I think that this group or this person or this entity or this organization, there have been so many opinions. We all, we have so many opinions. People say, well, I like this. I don't like that. What's with the facial hair? People have all kinds of opinions <laughs> on so many things. There's been no shortage of opportunity to speak or to share those opinions. And I've noticed how some people are sharing their opinions with tremendous fervor, <laughs> with great zeal, sharing those opinions with people they've never even met. No shortage of opinions. But you must know that this message of Jesus Christ is infinitely greater than any of our opinions or our preferences. And hear me on this. My opinions, your opinions, they may be right, they may be wrong, they may be convincing, they may be errant, they may be spot on. They may be valid, they may be reasonable, but I cannot recall I cannot recall any time where my opinion or yours changed someone's eternal life. Several weeks ago, let me give you an example of this. Several weeks ago, one of the people from our church, here from AFA, was at Walmart. I, I tell you, I spent more time at Walmart in the last eight weeks because that's where I saw many of you. 
really. I, I, would, I, would, I was probably in Walmart and Runnings and Menards uh, many times a week because I, I got to see people there. And, and we would, I would talk with many of you, and, uh, I mean, other than on the phone. And I, but one of, our, one of our people from here at AFA were, and I got his permission to share this, I'm not going to give his name, but, but he, uh, he began talking with someone, again, a perfect stranger, and, and, and he mentioned how this person was, was just consumed with fear. Uh, the anxiety level on them was so great and so apparent, and they began sharing just how fearful they were, not only from a virus, but from the changes in their society. And I so appreciated what my brother did. He said, he said, I know that's very real. He says, but I look at it very differently because Jesus is the Lord of my life. And right there in one of the aisles, I don't know, I don't know which aisle it was. Maybe some aisles have a greater anointing on them than others. But, <laughs> but right there in the middle of Walmart, my brother, my friend... My colleague in Christ began sharing the message of Jesus Christ <coughs> to someone who was consumed with the cares of this world. And what my friend did in that moment, or in those moments, what my friend did was not unlike what Peter did. He finds himself, Peter, John, other disciples, early believers, they find themselves in unusual places but rather than becoming overly passionate about one thing and becoming distracted by another thing, they keep the message all about Jesus. They keep pointing to Jesus. When I heard this, I said, brother, can I share that with the congregation? He said, absolutely. <coughs> Sharing the message of Jesus Christ with everyone, everywhere. Years ago, <coughs> excuse me, years ago, a man named Andre Crouch wrote a song whose words resonate perhaps more now than ever. Here are the words. If you have some questions in the corners of your mind and traces of discouragement, and peace you cannot find. Reflections of your old past, they seem to face you every day. But there's one thing I know for sure, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. And the chorus continues one more time again. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. I shared with you a moment ago that my wife and I were visiting our son. We had a connecting flight in Minneapolis, but because of a canceled flight into Aberdeen, we had to spend an extra day in Minneapolis this last Wednesday, Tuesday afternoon and Wednesday morning. So my wife and I rented a car. I lived in downtown Minneapolis for nine years. So much of what you've seen in the news 
That's, that's my neighborhood. It's a, a neighborhood that I'm very familiar with. I lived there again for many years. We began to drive around that area in, in St. Paul where my wife used to teach. And, and, and this song, again, which was already a part of this message a few weeks ago, kept coming to my heart and coming to my mind. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. And, and, and I know that, that, that things will, will flare up in one area and subside in another. And what is really big news now is, is something else will replace it in coming weeks. We understand how this works. But it doesn't matter where you are or who you're talking to or what you're encountering. This simple truth remains. Jesus is the answer for this world today. That he is our hope and he is our healer. He's the one who, and he alone gives us salvation. Now, you may be sitting there listening to this message and thinking that's just too simplistic. It, it, life has greater nuance than that. And, and, and I understand what you're saying. You may be sitting there and thinking, well, our message must also be about Justice or equality or the change of some government policy or the, or the benefits of one political or economic system over another. You may think that as followers of Christ in the 21st century that our message must be about the betterment of society or even the, the preservation of our world. And I understand that those things... <coughs> They all have a place for discussion, and they have been discussed at length. But hear me, hear me on this. None of those passions and none of those pursuits can ever forgive one sin. Not even one sin can any degree of discussion about those things. They're worthy of discussion in places, but they cannot forgive sin. None of those things, nor all of them combined, can bring even one person into a right relationship with God. None of them, none of them, all of them combined, if all of them were perfect, none of them can heal a heart, comfort a mind, or bring hope to the despairing. But Jesus can, and Jesus does. And that is why our message, above all others, is that Jesus is the way. Would you stand with me here this morning? <coughs> in the closing moments of this service, wherever you are, here in this building, in another part of this, in this room, in another part of the building, or, or watching online, I want to give you the opportunity to respond to the message because just sharing the message is only part of it. We must also receive it. If this morning you do not know if you are on your way to heaven, if you do not know if you have a relationship with God, I want to make sure that you know. Because the message is Jesus Christ. Jesus said, go to every person, every culture, every language, every people's group, Go to persons of every age, young and old, and everything in between. And tell them about me. This morning, if you do not have a living relationship with Jesus Christ, it's very easy. 
Jesus did all the hard work. He did the heavy lifting. He did it on the cross. This morning, if you've not yet received Jesus Christ, I want you just to, to just right, wherever you are, just bow your heads with me right now and, and just to yourself or, or, or very quietly just pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and forgive my sins. I recognize that you alone are the way. And you alone can give help and healing to my body, to my mind, but most of all to my spirit. I want to be in right relationship with God. So Lord, I believe, Jesus, that you died on that cross for me and that you rose from the dead for me. And now I give my life to you. I declare that you are my Lord and my Savior. And I pray this in Jesus' name. This morning, if you prayed that very simple prayer, then you have begun not completed, but begun the most amazing journey of your life. I am so very grateful that Jesus is the way. Amen. I want to again thank you for joining us here this morning at AFA in one means or another. We're so delighted. We're going to continue next week. I'm going to begin a message series called Face to Face with Jesus. And I want you to join us here. Continue to be praying for our nation, for our community, for each other. And let's declare that Jesus is the way. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and my sisters. Thank you for these people who have, who have been a part of this service. We, I commit all of that wherever they are, Lord, I pray that you would empower every one of us in a greater way by your Holy Spirit to get the good news of Jesus Christ out to a world who is lost and desperate without it. Thank you, Lord. Jesus is the way. Amen. God bless you. Go in, go in the power and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ.